Hello everyone, my name is Scott Black. I'm City Councilman for North Las Vegas Ward 3. I'm currently the Mayor Pro Tem. I'm absolutely honored to be here with Will uh, for Compassionate Las Vegas, the podcast. Welcome to Compassionate Las Vegas, the podcast, where we highlight the strength of our city, the spirit of our people, and share your stories of compassion. Welcome back to another episode of Compassionate Las Vegas, the podcast. I'm your host, Will Rucker, and I thank you for listening. Before we join today's episode, I've got a question for you. Have you affirmed the Charter for Compassion? If not, head on over to our website, compassionatelv.org, check out the Charter, and affirm it today. Also, if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast and leave a five-star review. Your review and rating helps others to find this podcast and helps to further our mission to make Las Vegas a more compassionate place to live, work, and play. It is an honor to have today's guest with us. Councilman Scott Black, a native of Southern Nevada, was elected in June 2017 to represent residents of Ward 3 in North Las Vegas. He was born in Henderson, Nevada and spent the majority of his childhood in North Las Vegas, attending Lincoln Elementary, Jim Bridger Jr. High, and Rancho High Schools. Scott developed a love of country and democracy, and an appreciation and respect for the delicate balance of government during a school trip to Washington, D.C. as a teen. After high school, Scott attended college for one year, then accepted a call to serve his church as a missionary in Oakland, California for two years. Upon his return, he resumed his schooling at UNLV, graduating with a bachelor's degree in communication studies with an emphasis on public relations and advertising. He continued his studies, earning a master's of business administration degree from the University of Phoenix. Scott is committed to service in the community and has served for 20 years as a Boy Scout leader. He also is very active in serving as a youth leader for his church. He enjoys camping and hiking with his family and is an avid bicyclist and vintage Volkswagen enthusiast. Scott is proud to call North Las Vegas his hometown and is excited to serve the residents and businesses of Ward 3. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to the show. Excited to be here and talk about what we're doing in North Las Vegas by way of being a compassionate city with that being our goal to uh, achieve and the things that we're working on. So, uh, thank you for having me, Will. Absolutely. And thank you so much for joining. I am so excited to hear about all the things that you're involved in and the initiatives that you have underway. And of course, a lot of people that listen to this podcast aren't actually here in the Vegas Valley with us. So they think North Las Vegas is just the northern part of Las Vegas. They don't necessarily know that it's its own city. So I'm happy to introduce that to the world as well. So thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Now, my first question for you, you've already given us a little bit of a tidbit, but this is my, my favorite question to ask. It's, it's simple, but yet it's profound, and it's simply this. Who are you, and how do you define or describe compassion? Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, really quick, if I may take a, a few moments to talk about my city that I'm proud of. Absolutely. Uh, North Las Vegas is indeed a, its own municipality. We were uh, founded in 1946. Um, We have just over 250,000 residents. 
Uh, we are an emerging um, community in terms of our industry and diversity. Uh, we have some awesome parks, some awesome schools. Uh, it's awesome to be a neighbor to North La or to Las Vegas and to the Las Vegas Strip, which is world world known. But we have a great community that's adjacent to Las Vegas, and it's been my home since uh, elementary school. So I'm super proud to be a part of North Las Vegas, a resident and part of the the city council. But uh, my name is Scott Black, and I love that question. What it, what about me, and what about what I do embodies compassion. Um, I throughout my entire life, well before being becoming part of the city council and working on regional boards and learning about more of the intricacies of the issues that are affecting our community, I've always been a person who uh, gravitates towards, uh, towards those that are in need, uh, whether it's through my church or in my neighborhood. I'm kind of the, the, the go-to person for um, solving problems, and, and people um, know that I'm a networker, and I know people, and I'm, I'm eager to help and assist when people uh, need the help. And, and so that's just really a, a personality trait that I brought to my public service as an elected official, and uh, it, it's awesome to be able to expand that and apply that uh, core principle of my life in real meaningful and tangible ways in our community. That's awesome. And I love the passion that you have when speaking about it. Just It's just natural and helping people just seems to just be part of your DNA, as you say, a personality trait. It, it's more than that. It, it's really who you are. So it's great. We're off to a great start already. I'm excited Thank about you. this. So now tell people what exactly it means to be Mayor Pro Tem and your specific role on the council. Absolutely. So I, I joined the council. I was elected in uh, the summer of 2017. And so I've been on the council for just, uh, just about three years now. And um, each, so I'm, I'm from Ward 3, and that's kind of the, the western part of North Las Vegas, uh, a little bit away from the, the downtown or the core of the city, um, newer, newer community, uh, largely residential. But um, I've been the mayor pro tem since last July. And the way we do it in North Las Vegas, I, I know that other municipalities do it differently, but in North Las Vegas, we have a very collegial, um, well-oiled machine of a council. We work together really well. We all have different things that we're interested in, in initiatives and issues that we would like to champion, but we work very well together with our mayor and the four council members. And so each year, um, we, uh, the, the mayor appoints someone to be the mayor pro tem, and we take turns. And so I've been fortunate this past year, uh, coming up on uh, 11 months of being the mayor pro tem, the opportunity to uh, step in in the mayor's stead if he is unavailable, um, to be able to um, collaborate with other municipalities on issues that are that are relevant to our entire county and all of Southern Nevada. Uh, the mayor has uh, leaned on me um, pretty heavily during this um, the COVID-19 pandemic because of my role on the health district. I'm the board chair of our current board of health for the health district of Southern Nevada and on the housing authority, I'm the board chair. And so those are real social services, um, you know, frontline type of roles. And so the mayor has leaned heavily on me in the, in the COVID um, era here to make sure that North Las Vegas and our residents have our needs met and that we're collaborative with all of the agencies to make sure that we're doing the right things as we respond to these difficult times. Yeah, it sounds like you've got your plate quite full there. Pretty full, yeah, definitely. It's a big plate, though, so. Yes. <laughs> buffet style, yeah. So. <laughs> hey, city of buffets, so I love it. Now, you, you mentioned, of course, the health district, and, you know, health for me really is an issue of compassion. How does compassion inform your work, particularly around issues of public health? You know, that's an interesting question, Will. Um, 
health. I think the healthcare system absolutely embodies the, the principle or trait of compassion. But then when you, when you go to the public health sphere, I think it's even more relevant because you know, public health, uh, in the last two years that I've been on the, the health district board and the last 10 months as the board chair, I've learned so much about the amazing people that work in public health that do largely their work behind the scenes. We don't see them. We don't know exactly what they do. And especially uh, during the, the um, coronavirus outbreak, we have some amazing people that are serving on the front lines to help our community to remain healthy, to be educated in order to reach levels of, of health and quality of life. And it's just been awesome to be, have an up-close seat to this, this function that we have of public health in our community. We have very talented people that also, um, I think, exude compassion and commitment to the community, whether you're a disease investigator helping with sexually transmitted disease uh, mitigation and surveillance, whether you're someone who deals in solid waste and uh, or environmental health, dealing with our restaurants that we have. People come from all over the world here. We need people to remain healthy when they visit here and, and want to come back because of our, our economy. But then um, also we have a, a uh, community health and a disease prevention department, and they're the ones that teach people about healthy habits and avoiding, um, you know, the symptoms of diabetes and, and um, avoiding tobacco products and getting out and walking and taking the stairs and those types of things. And, and so we have these, these pockets of people within the health district that um, are specialists in their own area that just do amazing things to, in a compassionate way to serve our communities, overall health needs. And, and, and really when you think of the compassionate component, um, the compassion comes in because, you know, our health district is the health district for everyone, but we really like to focus on people that, are in a disadvantaged position that don't have access to healthcare, that don't have ex access to uh, recreational activities or educational things that can help them live the most healthy and, and happy life that they can. And so I love that about the health district. Yeah, the health district does incredible work. And that's actually how I really first was introduced to you as a person and the passion projects that you have. And that's around the smoke-free parks in North Las Vegas. Yes. I thought that that was such a courageous step to take, so necessary, so needed. But also I recognize in our town, you know, our culture here doesn't necessarily lend the most openness to, to that type of move. And it can be, it, it literally is a bold move to take, particularly here. So tell me a little bit about your thought process in championing that work. Absolutely. Uh, well, when I joined the council, well, let me back up a little bit. I love being outdoors. I love our parks. We have, I think, right at 36 parks of varying sizes in North Las Vegas, small neighborhood parks, up to our um, flagship park, which is Craig Ranch Regional Park. It's over 165 acres with water and beautiful mature trees. It's an amazing park. And I, I love the outdoor space. I love hiking and, and biking. And so when I go to a park, I want to be able to enjoy it and have um, clear air and, and shade and, and opportunities to recreate. And so when I joined the council, uh, the mayor asked me um, what boards I wanted to get involved with. And I, I chose the health district board. And that's, again, where my eyes were open to all the ways that public health um, is so important in our community and the things that we can do co collectively and collaboratively to enhance public health. And then I, I worked with uh, Mr. Allo, Malcolm Allo. Uh, do you know Malcolm? Malcolm's um, great, yes. He's awesome. So I worked closely with him and we, we talked about 
what it would look like in North Las Vegas to have a smoke-free park ordinance. Um, he gave me some best practices. He gave me some great material. I did a lot of study and research. And then I, I drilled it down to what makes the most sense for our community. Um, I started having internal conversations with our city staff, with our city leadership, um, city manager, assistant city manager, my colleagues on the council, um, talk to our code enforcement folks and our police department because it's really an all hands on deck effort to make an effective and meaningful policy via an ordinance. And so um, over, uh, I'd say maybe a six month period, we discussed really what it would look like and what makes the most sense in North Las Vegas. And then we, we drafted our, our um, uh, you know, basically our preliminary ordinance. And then um, I met with Malcolm and, and he was supportive of it from a, a subject matter expert on um, tobacco, you know, uh, mitigating the toba tobacco use and smoke-free environments. Um, he gave it his, his stamp of approval and thought it was an amazing first step and a great start for us. And uh, one thing we did before we deployed it or before we voted in May of, of 2019 is Malcolm got a group of um, high school students that work with him on um, smoking um, tobacco prevention uh, type of programs that he has. I think there were about a dozen of us and we got out at Craig Ranch Park and we literally went out and collected the evidence of smoking wow. in our parks. We collected, um, I, I could send you the pictures, but we collected uh, big giant plastic um, cylinders basically full of cigarette butts. And our idea was not just to clean up, but to get an indicator of, of what bad things are happening at the park relative to smoking in those uh, really sensitive areas like playgrounds, sports fields, picnic areas, places where children and families would congregate for ideally um, clean air and recreation. And so um, we haven't gone back yet, but at, at the year point right around now, we want to get back together, go out and do it again and just do a, a non-scientific visual sample of if it's reduced because of our signage, because of our ordinance and because of the outreach and, and educational campaign that we did. So this wasn't just something like you just signed a piece of paper and you're done with it. This took working across the, the aisle, so to speak, working with multiple departments, getting the community involved and being really strategic and looking at this from a systems perspective to implement it. Absolutely. One of the things that what I would like to point out that was really awesome when we did our, our cigarette butt um, count, if you will, we also, um, some of the, the youth went out and did a survey and the survey questions, um, it was really great to see what people's, we did over a hundred surveys right there at the park during that two or three hour period that we were there and asking folks what they thought about this ordinance. Uh, would they accept or uh, support it? Were they in opposition to it? And by and large, the, uh, the community that was literally at the park in North Las Vegas at the time were supportive of what we were doing. There were a handful of folks. I, I listened in on some of the uh, awesome young people uh, doing these live surveys and a few individuals said, you know what, I, I do smoke, but I totally support what you're doing here to not have smoking allowed in areas where, and they had little kids with them. Um, you know, so there's a sensitivity and we did so in, in, in a compassionate way and an understanding and strategic way to limit smoking or, or, or prohibit smoking in these really sensitive areas at our park. And we got good feedback is what the point is I'm trying to make. We got really good yeah. feedback about it. That's, I mean, that's important for us to hear is even the folks that actually still smoke themselves recognize when you have a, a conversation, when you employ compassion, that, you know what, this is something I can buy into. 
And yeah, I, I can choose not to smoke in this area. I won't necessarily quit right now, but I, I can refrain from it while I'm in public because this really is a matter of caring for others, not just myself. Yeah, and it makes sense. It makes sense to folks. So that's amazing. It was a good experience. How would you how would you recommend others who may be interested in doing something similar go about the process? I would be obviously Malcolm. Uh, if it's here in Southern Nevada or even somewhere, if you're listening to this podcast from another part of the country and you're interested in doing this, you know, um, not a comprehensive ban. I mean, that's the gold standard, of course, is to have no smoking at these amazing facilities. But we, we took a, a measured approach and a strategic approach. And I think that's why we got such positive reviews from folks is because it does make sense. It's practical in its application. And so obviously Malcolm is a tremendous subject matter expert on this. Um, I, I would volunteer his uh, expertise as a contact point. Folks are- I'm sure are, he won't mind. <laughs> I'm sure he won't mind at all. He's very passionate and compassionate about this. Um, I'm open to people sending me an email. I'll give you my email address. If someone had a question about how we did it from a, an ordinance formulation or a, or a municipal policy standpoint, um, what type of, um, structure we had to put in place because you know really we approached it. it it is an ordinance on the books in north las vegas um it is punishable a penalty associated with it if you violate it um up to a thousand dollars fine i mean six months in jail that's not the goal though the goal was education awareness being a good neighbor being respectful of one another and um really doing the right thing for the right reasons Obviously, if it came to it and, and there was a circumstance, there is an enforcement mechanism present, but that's not the goal. That's not our intent. Our intent, intent was to educate, create awareness, and encourage people to do the right thing and create a safe, smoke-free environment for children and families in North Las Vegas. That's the goal. So, I love how you frame that around creating the safe environment. I think so often, particularly in issues of politics or governance, we focus on the penalty part, which is what you just spoke of. The, the important part, what we're really trying to do is to help people to live healthier, happier lives. And so if we can focus in on that goal, I think we can really build some bridges. Of course, in this highly polarized time, where, of course, as you know, as well as anyone, we have the mask issue where do I have to wear a mask when I go into a store? Do, you know, do I have to do it at the public park now? You took away my smoking. Now are you saying I have to wear a mask? You know, talk a little bit about how you approach that and how you help people to see this from the broader perspective. From a mask usage standpoint? Not just mask, but, but difficult issues in general. Mask, I just think, is, is the one oh, that's most sure. highlighting today. Well, you know, uh, this has been a challenging time in Southern Nevada for the last, you know, eight to 10 weeks. It's been, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of um, anxiety. People are, are having a, a really a struggle economically, and we don't know the magnitude of the economic side of it. But as we approach um, challenging issues, I think um, being open-minded and being collaborative, I think listening is critically important because people want to be heard. People want to have their concerns um, addressed and, and have their questions answered. And so I think uh, from a, a, a policymaker and an elected official standpoint, it's accessibility, it's openness, it's being willing to take the time. It takes time to interact with people, to ask, to answer questions, to respond to emails. Um, and in this, this time of social distancing, I mean, right now we, we were supposed to meet in person and, and you know, celebrate our efforts in, in North Las Vegas and, and what we're striving to do uh, to make our, our city healthier. 
uh, we're doing it in this unique fashion. So it's being creative. Um, I think not being rigid is a great way to approach um, sensitive subjects and leading by example, you know, doing the things that uh, you're asking or in some cases imposing upon others. There isn't, there isn't or shouldn't be a double standard. I, I should be, you know, more compliant than the next person because I'm a leader and I'm someone that I need to uh, model that behavior that we're trying to instill. And it's for, and I think really a lot of times people get a little confused on what the intent is. So if we can understand what our intentions are, what the goal is, what's our, what's our objective with this controversial or new or unique or challenging matter that we're facing, then we'll be able to, um, you know, be able to adhere to it. We may not like it. It may be uncomfortable. Um, so I think if we are clear and transparent and, and explain things well, most people are willing to, to uh, accept and, and be part of the solution. So I absolutely agree. And something you said that's so critical is as a leader, choosing to model these ideals. And I think that you've done such an exemplary job of that. Um, again, not to, to dwell on it, but the smoke-free parks thing was so huge and so important. And of course, we know it's just one step in the right direction, but it's a major step and your leadership on that cannot be overstated. So thank that. you. Absolutely. My pleasure. And it was a, a collaborative effort with our mayor and council. We have a great council and uh, they all saw the, the impact, the positive aspects of what we did. And they, they voted unanimously. They, they, you know, they, they, there were questions, there were a handful of concerns or, or needing more details, but at the end of the day, they all got behind it and support it fully. So. Wonderful. And even with that, you, you still give the credit to others and note that it's collaborative. I just think that that's important for uh, particularly those of us that are here in Southern Nevada to recognize that our elected officials really are working on our behalf and are working together and things, you know, with anytime you have multiple people, there, there are going to be some disagreements and some tensions, but the, the overall focus and drive is going in the right direction. And Las Vegas, the greater Vegas Valley area is becoming more compassionate day by day. So with that in mind, I did want to introduce the Charter for Compassion to you. And Thanks. as you know, the city of Las Vegas has adopted compassion as its guiding star what can we do to help North Las Vegas take that step? Well, you know what the good news will is I think North Las Vegas has the, the foundational elements of compassion already present. So I don't think it would be a, a, a big leap for us. Um, I, I think that um, understanding um, best practices from a municipality standpoint, what what I mean, the definition of compassion is pretty straightforward, but the application of it, what does it look like in a meaningful, visible way in a community like ours in North Las Vegas? If we can partner with you to understand what that looks like in its, in its entirety, then I think we can um, make it happen. Because I do feel in North Las Vegas, we have, um, we have a compassionate leadership team. We have a city management that, that understands uh, both internally with our staff and externally, um, how important it is to think of others. You know, even at the beginning of this, um, the, the uh, coronavirus, our city manager, he did something awesome, Mr. Juden, he um, challenged everybody right out of the gate. This is back on March 15th, um, when we start, you know, when the state closed down and, and there was all this uncertainty, he realized that there would be a tremendous amount of emotional 
toll on families, on employees, on children, on frontline workers. And he encouraged us all as a, as a leadership team and as, as directors of the city to call three people every day and check on them and ask how they're doing and find out what they, so compassion is, is already present in North Las Vegas. And I think we um, strive with the way we interact with our residents, with our constituents, when people visit city hall, uh, I think overall we, we have a, a, a compassionate understanding personal approach that we take. And, you know, we're, we're, we're in business to make the city successful, to make the city efficient, to diversify the economy. So we have sustainability and resources for our community, but um, we can't overlook the human side of it. So I guess what I'm getting at is I think the, the, the ingredients are there. So if you can just help me mix those ingredients up, we can come up with a very compassionate North Las Vegas in a, in a very identifiable, quantifiable way. I love it. That's amazing. And I'm going to tell you, you are good because my next question was, what are some practical things people can do to show compassion? And you've already given us a great action step, which is just check on three people every day. Just check on how are you doing? Is there anything that I can, can listen to you vent about? What can, I, what can I do for you? So showing that, that compassion in action uh, through checking in on people is huge. And I love that you mentioned you you have that infrastructure in place. I am here. Call me Chef Will because I will help you mix it. Let's mix it up. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, uh, we are winding down and coming to the end of our time together, but I did want to give you the opportunity to share anything that's on your heart with the listening audience, anything that you want to make them aware of that's happening with the city, um, with yourself, maybe any tips or or ideals or hopes or dreams you want to share as well. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Um, I, I just want to say for any of you that are listening here today that are North Las Vegas residents, I just want to say thank you for your patience. We've had, um, you know, this is a unique and unprecedented time that we've been dealing with. And I think I love that we're talking about compassion today because compassion in every facet of the word is needed now more than ever as people struggle with employment, as people struggle with education. And, and you know, I, I just recently um, went out with the health district, um, community health nurses to a, a large homeless camp uh, that's on the border of Las Vegas and North Las Vegas. They were doing COVID testing and we did outreach to the homeless folks um, to help them clean up their camp. We put dumpsters on, we're not, we're, we're did, we put large dumpsters on each end. Our North Las Vegas public works team went out and deployed trash cans and asked them to let's all work together to keep the, you know, their area clean because of these unique circumstances that they're in. And there are just so many ways that we as individuals, as residents of North Las Vegas or in Southern Nevada can um, just look for ways to serve someone else, to lift someone else. Um, we can, you know, we can do, you say, I may not be able to do much. Well, do what you can. And that will make a, a huge difference. Um, I'm super honored to be in my position now. I think that people in positions of leadership, if they have the right outlook and the right perspective, um, can make a difference, a lasting difference in the lives of the people in our community. And that's, that's my hope. And I'm hopeful that um, you don't have to be an elected person. You don't have to be in a position of leadership. Everyone in a neighborhood, on a street, at a school can, can do something kind, to do something compassionate, to uh, make a difference in the life of someone else. And I think that that behavior or that mindset perpetuates itself and it, and it spreads. 
and uh, we're trying to mitigate the spread of, of COVID-19 and coronavirus by the protocols that we've gone through, but we can't mitigate or should not mitigate the spread of kindness and compassion here in North Las Vegas and throughout Southern Nevada. So I, I appreciate the opportunity and privilege to be here with you today, Will. Absolutely. And how do folks connect with you? Is there a website they can visit or maybe? Yes. Yeah, so um, you can, you can email, you can find um, me on cityofnorthlasvegas.com, all spelled out. It's a long website, cityofnorthlasvegas.com. Um, you go to the, uh, the council page. My email address is there, or you can just email me directly. I'll tell you it's my last name, Black, B-L-A-C-K, first initial S for Scott at cityofnorthlasvegas.com. Um, that's my email address, and uh, I, I do a, a monthly newsletter that you can subscribe to on the on the City of North Las Vegas website under the council page on the website. Uh, lately, we've been doing, and this is another thing that we did real quickly, um, I think by way of compassion, is we've increased our um, newsletters to be four days a week for the last, I mean, my team that I've worked with at City Hall has done an incredible job doing outreach via these newsletters on a myriad of topics for small business, for homeschooling, for um, health and safety, all the, the amazing topics that I think are really, really relevant dealing with these difficult situations that we're dealing with. So you can go back and see these news, newsletters. They're filled with uh, valuable information on how to stay safe, how to stay healthy, what you, can you do in the community to help others. Um, it, it's really good. So subscribe to my, my uh, newsletter. Um, check out, uh, send me an email uh, from, from uh, blacks at cityofnorthlasvegas.com. And if I can do something to uh, share uh, what we are doing here, I'm glad to do it. Perfect. Well, we'll leave it there. All right. Thanks so much, Will. I appreciate the time. This has been Compassionate Las Vegas, the podcast. Thank you for listening. This episode was made possible by the Jameson Foundation in partnership with the Moonridge Group. There are so many wonderful things happening, and so many people have great stories to share. So if you are one of those people, this is your platform. Email me at will at winningwithwill.com. Use the subject line, Compassionate LV, and let me know your story. I would love to have you on the show or to feature your story in a future episode. Be sure to subscribe, and if you haven't already, leave a five-star review. Your review and rating helps others to find this podcast and helps to further the mission to make the world a more compassionate place. Today, Councilman Black encouraged us to employ the compassionate practice of checking in with three people every day. A few moments of your time can mean a world of difference for someone else. So let's check in with three of our family members, friends, neighbors, or colleagues each day this week. What ideas do you have for being more compassionate? Tell me about it in your five-star review. In case you didn't know, Compassionate Las Vegas, the podcast, is now on YouTube. If you want to not only hear these incredible stories, but see our amazing guests, subscribe to our visual podcast on YouTube. Just search Compassionate LV Podcast with Will Rucker, and the channel will pop right up. Love and compassion aren't luxuries, they are necessities. Live the golden rule and treat others the way you would want to be treated. Together we can make a difference. Together we will make the world a more compassionate place. Know that you are not just a drop in the ocean, you are the entire ocean in a drop. Be well my friends, 
and we will meet again on the next episode of Compassionate Las Vegas, the podcast. Thank you.